I'm Scott Rose from the band Ricketts, and you are watching Good Company with Bowling. Scott Bowling, you're watching Good Company. It's been seven years of Good Company. I've already said this once earlier before, but I'm super proud that the show's still going, and I get to celebrate it with Scott Rose. Yes, man. Ricketts, thank you for being here, brother. Thank you for having me. You've got so many stories, man. Uh, talking before we started, you should like write a, a book or do an audio. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Write you should. Book, write a book. Man, how long have you been making music for now? <sighs> 30 plus years. 30 plus years. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So that's like, uh, I mean, you were playing it back when you were in high school? Mm-hmm. I first came, my first record deal I got when I was 16. You got a record deal when you were 16? I did. An indie record, an indie record deal. Whoa. Wait, who, 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 what was the band? I was a band called Drop Zone. <laughs> Drop Zone. Yeah. Cool. Pretty funny. Man, uh, going up, before we started, you mentioned Striper and that you love Striper. I do. So I've had Striper guys here. And I love, I, you know, I'm named I'm glad I'm here, whatever. Dude, That's I'm so cool. It, it's the coolest thing because Striper, like, growing up in a faith based faith based family, uh, metal music was not allowed in the house, but Striper and Petra was. Mm. So I immediately gravitated towards Striper, and still to this day, just love the To Hell with the Devil record, mm-hmm. Soldiers Under Command. And God we trust. I think there's some of the greatest records ever. Just the musicianship and the writing is just great. Yeah. So growing up, you know, your parents were pretty strict. They're like, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, my brother was, and I looked up to him. So I listened to what he listened to. And we listened to like Petra and Striper and all My this. brother listened to rap. Did he? Yeah. yeah. What did your parents think about that? They didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> they have Christian rap. How funny is that? Like I back know, in the day. Like DC Talk. Oh, I've had one of the guys from DC Talk, Kevin yeah. Max. I yeah. saw that. That's so funny, man. So when did you discover metal or like when you're getting into heavier music, when did you leave Striper and and like, I'm going to get heavy? Probably around 14, 15. I think the introduction of that was seeing Testament, Cowboys from uh, Pantera, and Testament, Cowboys from Hell, or (laughs) Cowboys from Hell, Pantera. and White Zombie, all in the same bill at a little tiny club in Cleveland called Flashes. Whoa, cool. And the first time, and uh, the first, like, ma- major rock star, I guess, that you could say that I met was Chuck Billy at that time. Chuck Billy, Testament, yeah. And right then, the fir- that first night when I saw White Zombie open that show. Was that back when La, La Sexo Rose, the, the... It was, yeah. I the, can't pronounce the, it. La Sex or Sisto? There's, yes. I had to read the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Ivan Dupuy. Yes. He's so cool. So this was back when, like 93 or 92? It'd be like 91, 92, 93. Oh, who'd you go with? Like, do you have I got dropped your brother? off by my dad. Your dad? Your my Christian dad. parents dropped you off? Dropped. Yeah. Dad, at that point, they had given up. They're like, nah, well, he's going down that road. So, yeah. <laughs> by like 14, 15 years old, I was getting dropped off at metal clubs in Cleveland. Whoa. Yeah. All right. So who were you hanging out with when your parents Um Gino from Flashes and then Jim LaMarca from Kibera had an old band called Jim, yeah. yeah, he had an old band called Sacrifix. Mm-hmm. And his that band used to open up a lot of these shows in Cleveland. Oh. And they were like 17, 18 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. They were they ripped. I mean, Sacrifix was 
like they were like the the local town, like Strongsville, like favorite. Are they still like? Can you find this like on YouTube? Do people upload footage? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you can, you might be able to, but I, I haven't looked. I know I have a sacrifix tape. I mean, if I want to listen to it, I can grab the old yeah demo. I grabbed a bunch of tapes and sent them off and got them uploaded. <laughs> I became a hero, like for Suck Mojo. I found my little demos and, and uploaded. Oh wow! Get rid of love. I like the uh, Cleveland scene. That's really cool, man. We've birthed a lot of bands. Eric's here. You know him, Eric Spieth. Eric Spieth. There he is. Over there. How crazy small world is it that like my buddy knows you and I know places. it's like crazy. Yeah. And so um, well, today you brought me this. This is pretty cool. Anything for the devil. See. Yeah, the mystery. Unopened. <laughs> and blow it up a little bigger. Look at this. Motley Crue has an album kind of like similar, see? Yeah, this was like... What happened? An homage. This 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 was Tom Hazard's idea. Okay, yeah. At the time, Ricketts had played a couple of shows, and Tom was like, dude, this is going to be like the next Motley Crue. Yeah, see? It's a little blurry, but it's all yeah. It's like, this is going to be the next Motley Crue. We have to do that the record cover. Yeah, that's yeah. so. That's a good idea, man. That's awesome. And so that, that was actually his idea. Yeah, the album is is great. I don't know what year it came out in though. It's like what is this early? The first version came out in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah, it was very dynamic. I love. I think the song Hollywood's on there, right? Mm -hmm. Great song. Thank you. Yeah, man. Where'd you record? Is this like Cleveland? Spider. Spider. Okay. Yeah, with Ben. With Ben. Oh, wow. A lot of the original yeah. demos were recorded in like my bedroom on my Pro Tools rig at the time. And then I would just bring the demos to Ben and we would just upload them into his Pro Tools rig and just like re-record them. How many instruments do you play? A few. I play, I'm naturally a drummer. I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of piano. Um, been in a couple other like sign bands as like a sampler slash like DJ keyboard type guy. You know, like a... Uh, like a Chris Bacuza type guy. Another guy from Chimera. Yeah. <laughs> I love Chimera. Yeah, Talk too. about them for a sec. When did you first discover them? I mean, you were friends with Jim. Yeah, I was friends with Jim. Before Chimera, right? Before Chimera. Um, and then when they were getting their record deal, Tom Hazard, me and him shared an apartment in Hollywood. Tom's awesome, by the way. Yeah. I had him on the show. So Chimera came across the desk and him and Spacuza were talking back and forth in Instant Messenger. And... Um, at the time, I had helped Tom with the deal a little bit, just like a little bit of like negotiating back and forth and just talking back and forth and actually like helped get like the advance a little stronger for them with Tom for Roadrunner. Wow. So I was kind of like Tom's assistant, like drove him everywhere and did all his little stuff that he didn't want to do. I'm sure he reimbursed you, by the way, all this. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> With lots of steak from the rainbow. <laughs> there you go. He, he knows everybody, though. Like, he does. I don't know what, like... He knows great. everybody, and everybody knows Tom. You can't miss him. He's in, like, the, like the videos, like, Snot video, when they did the tribute thing. Angel yeah. Sun, the song in there. Like, man, he's like the Forrest Gump of metal. He is. He is like the Forrest Gump of metal. <laughs> um, and also, I'm thinking about this Cleveland scene. Switch, you're friends with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Half of Switched was in Ricketts at one point. Were they? Yeah. 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 Um, I remember, I think Switch went to OzFest, maybe, or played yeah. there. Did you 2001. Did you play OzFest? I did not. No. Yeah. But I went with Switched to a couple of OzFest dates, kind of still on the side of the stage. Yeah. yeah. Never played OzFest. Never played OzFest. Look, um, I got all these fancy props I want to show you. <laughs> 
Look at this guy. Uh, 2010. 2010. That's when that came out. Heavy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the range. I was talking to Kurt before we started, and we're like, does he have two singers? I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, I think he does. Uh, the original AFTD record, my keyboard player at the time, okay. original lineup, he did some some backup vocals um, on Death Cult. It was just me. Um, and all the new stuff, it's just me. But um, originally it started out with a sampler, mm-hmm. backup vocalist, kind of like how like Kimura does. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, when you first started singing, did you immediately go heavy? Or when you did you go melodic? Like what was your... Like, Honestly, I just did what Ben told me to do, man. Like, yeah, I, I'd okay. have an idea. I'd be like, I want to do this. And Ben would be like, okay, do this. And try this, try that. And and Ben being my favorite, he's pretty much my favorite singer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just funny because now he's the drummer for Ricketts. Um, I've always looked up to him in a production sense, yeah. a singer sense and stuff like that. So anytime that he would come at me with an, with an idea, I'd just be like, okay. Let's go. Let's do it. The dude's, dude's a genius. Yeah. Uh-huh. So as far as the Death Cult record, no, it's just me that's on there. Mm-hmm. But the AFTD record, there's little parts where my old keyboard player, mm. he he would, would like sing the choruses with me. And Does he still play with you now or do you got a no. new keyboard player? Or? No. Dump the keyboard player. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Just put everything on tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I think like between like we got to sprinkle in more questions because uh, about different bands, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I, we were talking about uh, Filter and you were almost the drummer for Filter, right? Yeah. When, Fil- when Filter first came about, yeah. um, Richard Patrick was a friend of mine and he was looking for a drummer mm-hmm. and uh, went to his house, hung out at his house quite a bit. Mm-hmm. was going to be his drummer. And then was this, but when he was, he was in Nine Inch Nails, though, right? He was already gone from Nine Inch Nails. I don't want to say booted or left mm-hmm. or whatever, but there was just this thing that went down, whatever, that he was no longer in the band. And uh, he wanted a drummer for Filter, and I was 17 at the time. Yeah. And I God, had pretty how cool much, is that, dude? <laughs> you had friends with people in Nine Inch Nails. I, I had pretty much gotten the gig and then he started like shopping me to like all these companies like Pearl Drums came back and like all these other people were like he's under 21 mm-hmm. and everybody was like he's under 21 you're not taking him on tour oh yeah and the drinking fat did you put school at, like is this the school's over I did I I, uh, I left my senior year your senior year yeah yeah I went back did you yeah yeah God, man that's so cool I mean that cool that you like put like I don't know what I'm saying like it's just it's, that's the you are like the more like I said Tom Azart's like the Forrest Gump, but yeah. you kind of are too, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've, I've tend to come to know a lot of people from touring and doing things in Ohio and in Cleveland and stuff like that. What you think about like the new metal movement when like Corn and Deftones came out? Were you big into that? Like, do you remember seeing those kind of bands back in the day? The first time that I heard Blind. I, I lost it. I was like, what is this? It's like, what is this guitar tone? What is going on here? Yeah. This is this is awesome. So yeah, I was enthralled by it. But as far as like the whole everything that came after that, I wasn't a big fan of. Like really? I lo- I loved corn. Yeah. I thought they were cool. Um I loved the deaf tones. Yeah. I loved Spine Shank. Spine Shank was oh, one yeah. of my probably oh, my favorite ones at all of them. Oh god, they're amazing. Yeah. Johnny's a great dude too. Yep, Johnny. Uh, um, 
They're getting back snot. together. Snot. I love snot. Love snot. Snot's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just think if they kept, if uh, Lynn, you know, didn't pass away, where would they be at, you know? I know. One of the greatest compliments I ever got from Mikey Doling was that I, like, reminded him of Lynn. I was like, what? It's like, what? Like chill bumps, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love Mikey. Mikey's a great dude. Oh man, you know everybody. This is this is good. It's crazy. Yeah, and then uh, so I love this song. And it's been stuck. In, it's one of those songs, misery. Yeah. It's one of those songs that gets stuck in your head. Like it's so good. Thank you. Your voice is great. Thank you. You do everything good. You play drums, keyboards, sing, guitar. Thank you. Can I, you talk about writing this song? I wrote this song in 2015. Um, I woke up one day in a bad mood, and at the time, I was writing a bunch of other songs like rock songs with Brett Hesla and I called Brett and I was like I'm coming over <laughs> he's like you don't sound right and I was like I'm pretty pissed right now and I went over there brought my drums over there set my drums up and then just banged out this drum track and I was like okay play to it we both sat there and was like okay this guitar part sounds cool this guitar part sounds cool and the actual track that you hear of misery is actually the second take of us writing it so like it was like we went it through quick. it once, and then the second time that we went through it, the song was done. And then we had one version of it that sat around for a couple of years, and then I gave it to Ben, and Ben's like, let's kind of open it up mm -hmm. and change the verses around a little bit, and re-sang it, and it's that's how it is. That's how it came out. It was one of those very very organic, in the moment songs. Like some people will like. A lot of bands, a lot of people sit around and they write songs for forever yeah. and, and plan songs out. And I've never been a song planner. I've always just hit record. And do you write lyrics first? It's the last thing I do. Yeah. yeah. Always starts with drums. Wow, okay. So you never, you know, okay, that's cool, man. I never pre-write. Never pre-write? Never pre-write. Wow, that's so interesting. I always think of James Hetfield. always keeps a pad and like writes stuff down. Like almost poetry style. If you ask the people that I work with and, and write music with or just hang out that like have seen me work in the studio, I, I use this term pulling them from the sky, which is basically what I do. They're already there. I think that they're already there somewhere. Just energy floating around and just acting as a muse and just pull them out. And uh, never pre I Just me personally, I think pre-writing things for me, yeah. what works for me, is it's just work and work and work. And then the song never becomes completed. It just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Useless was off the first record, the first song that I wrote for Ricketts. Um, that was toiled over and toiled over. And that song probably me and Ben went over that song for about a year mm -hmm. just to try to get it to where it was. And then finally we're just like, okay, look, this is done. This is good enough how it is. And other than that, everything else has just been pulled from the sky. Do you have songs like that, like a catalog that you just put to the side and keep, you know, maybe forget about them, bring them back? Oh, later? tons. Okay. Tons of stuff. How do you save all these in the cloud? Like in hard drive, on hard drive. Hard it's drive. Just, just Pro Tools files. That, that, yeah. Sometimes I'll go back to if, like, I get bored mm -hmm. or if I think something needs something in a little piece somewhere else, I'll go to something that, like, I recorded and pull a piece from it or be like, oh, okay, I never finished this and then finish that. When you when you um, make new music, what inspires you to do heavy versus melodic? Do you, are you in a mood where like, I'm just going to release a heavy album 
like your new stuff is very melodic, different. I would say melodic. It's just kind of synthesized. It sounds different. Yeah. And I like that. It's not the same every time. You know, you're not like it's ACDC new. every, every no, album. It's an evolving thing. And it's a mood. Like, like I said, I'll be in a certain mood and I'll want to write mm-hmm. something certain that day or, or that session. Yeah. I love that. That says a lot, too, because you probably listen to a, a wide range of music. I don't. You don't. Not what I'm writing. Not, and not what I'm recording. Like, not, not in that whole process of, like, walking in and pressing record. What do you listen to? You don't listen to anything? Just, like, because you, you don't want it to sink into... I, I don't listen to music when, when I'm in the creative process, so to say, because I don't want to be influenced by it. I don't want somebody to go back and be like, oh, that sounds like, it sounds like this, it sounds like that. I just, one, I don't want that happening, and two... I don't want to be clouded by it. Mm. I just kind of want to be able to pull it out of the sky. So to say, like, if you had to say, like, who's your top favorite artist to listen to? Who do, who's your like? Who inspires you? You have a list. I love lists. Right now, yeah. Current. Mine changes all the time. By the way, Gunship. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of them. I gotta check it out. Dude, What's it called? Gunship. Gunship. Yeah, they're probably my favorite band right now. How long have they been around? Uh, I want to say probably now by like six, seven, eight years at least. Where are they from? I have no idea. Gunship. I have no idea. They're, they're like a secret little band. They're like so secretive. And How'd you find them? Scrolling online through YouTube. Just like all of a sudden one of their songs came across and I was like, what is this? Are they new or old? They're newer. Um, like And uh, some other directors and some other people got involved with them. That, uh, I guess uh, some of the guys in the band, they do scores and mm-hmm. a lot of different like video game stuff. So they have like a background of already working in the industry. So I guess Gunship is like their shit. I like band it. outside of working like for like film and score. Yeah, yeah. that's good. But they're, they're probably my favorite thing right now. And then um, a cool newer band called Among Saints. I like them. Mm-hmm. Um I like this because, like, the older I get, I always like, I like the old stuff, man. I still love Motley Crue. I still love Striper. What about Faith No More? I love Faith No More. It's, like, one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. I gotta start listening to newer music, though. I'm guilty of that. I started listening to A Killer's Confession a lot. Can't ever heard of them. No. Uh, One of the singers for a Cleveland band called Mushroom Head. Mushroom Head. Their one singer, Waylon, he started another band called A Killer's Confession, and they been like touring recording a bunch of stuff and there's some pretty good tunes yeah that's cool yeah, so. i'm talking about mushroom man i remember them yeah they've been around for a long time yeah i remember it was always weird like mushroom and slipknot <laughs> like a little <laughs> feud then <laughs> i I'd have to say you know i was around then and uh mushroom man got offered a deal from roadrunner i mean the truth of the fact is is they got offered a deal from roadrunner before slipknot before slipknot and then all of a sudden Slipknot showed up. And I love Slipknot and I love Corey. Yeah, you had a good Corey story and, too. And, that and yeah, and and there might be a situation to where, you know, there's multiple bands doing a certain type of brand or thing across the country. Like there might be five different Slipknots or five different mushroom heads all doing the same thing, dressing up in mm-hmm. the same type of image or whatever. But the fact remains is that Mushroom Bed was offered a deal from Roadrunner. What happened with that deal? Mushroom Head was making way more money than what Roadrunner offered them. So, where do you think Mushroom Head would be if they stuck with Roadrunner? Probably in that slipknot position. Yeah, God, that's good. Yeah. Sucks with. 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, but still, they have a huge following, cult, you know. Like oh, huge cult following. The band's enormous, as far as you know, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they can walk into, uh, you know, any city in the country and and pack, you know, four or five two thousand seat club. You know. Yeah. What's your Corey uh, Taylor story? Because you said something about him, right? <laughs> took me out for my twenty. Him and Tom Hazar took me out for my twenty eighth birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, How cool is that? It was nuts. You didn't drink yes. alcohol, did you? Oh, we drank a lot of alcohol. Um, I was sitting at home in my apartment in Hollywood, and Tom called me. So I come up to the comedy store. That's cool. So I go, I want you to to hang out. I was like, I don't really, I don't really feel like leaving. It's like, no, come up here right now. At the time, you have my manager. So I was like, oh, I, I guess I got to listen to my manager. <laughs> Get your manager. So I go up there, and... There's this comedian on stage, and as soon as I walk in, this comedian that's on stage at the comedy store is like, oh, look, everybody, it's Scott Rose. And I'm like, what? what? What is going on right now? And so the dude starts roasting me as I'm, like, walking through the table. Oh, you don't know whether to laugh or get pissed. And I'm like, starting to get pissed. Yeah. And I sit down, and the dude's just roasting me. He's just going... Hey, man, your girlfriend's out with Crazy Town right now. And girlfriend's out doing this. When they were big, you know? Like, Girl, now I'd be I like, know. What? I know. It was when they were huge. I shouldn't say that. I like Seth. He's cool, man. It's funny. It's a funny story about yeah. Crazy Town. I love But she people. actually was out with, with Crazy Town that night. <laughs> um, yeah. And so. Did Tom set this up? He's like, Yeah, right, he set up this in? whole thing. He set up this whole friend, thing. You know? <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there, and this dude's just roasting me. He's just digging deep on a roast and now I'm starting to get pissed and like he keeps roasting me and all of a sudden I hear this laughter coming from behind me and just like this enormous laugh and I'm just like what the hell is that and then I feel this arm on my shoulder and this dude leaning over me laughing I look over and I see the ring and he's got his infamous eight ring on and so I look at it and I'm like oh cool somebody's got a slipknot ring and I turn around and I'm like Hello, who are you? And he's like, I'm Corey Taylor from Slipknot. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. And then as as the show went on, the, the comedian switched, you know, off the stage and stuff like that. And we went outside and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> we all went outside and and we were all smoking cigarettes, all three of us. And at the time, I was in a band called Erase the Gray, who just got signed to Universal. And um, I looked at him and I was like, you're Corey from Slipknot. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, lift up your shirt. He's like, why? And I was like, because I know Corey from Slipknot has this huge sun tattooed on his chest. He lifted up his shirt, saw the sun. And I was like, holy shit, it's Corey from Slipknot. Yeah. And for the rest of the night, dude took me out and went from bar to bar to bar drinking uh, whiskey and Diet Coke. That was his thing at the time. Did you out drink him? And he kept going. He kept going. What's it like? What's it like being drunk with Corey Taylor? It's fun. People recognize him. I mean, that's this, first well, this, this was before they took their masks off, and this was when he was doing um, the one tune with Josie Scott and uh, Stone Sour. He was actually in town negotiating the Stone Sour deal with Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, way before anybody even knew who Stone Sour was. Is there footage of this of you hanging out? There was somewhere, but it's gone by now. It's blurry night, too. Yeah, the phones have changed quite a bit, so <laughs> I know Tom had it on his phone. Um, That's pretty amazing, though. And then we hung out in his hotel, and his wife, at the time, had bought us all dinner, quote, breakfast. It was like four in the morning. Okay. Huh? That's, I said, okay, that sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> and, and we sat there, and, and 
just yelled at people from this balcony and Jumerian. <laughs> He's a nice dude. Cool dude. And then after that, um, when Stone Sour came out, like he invited me to a bunch of Stone Sour shows and put me wow. on the side of the stage. And That's amazing, dude. I love this. It was cool. I hung out with, with Sober Corey, not that, that, that version of Corey. That's so cool. Yeah, I've never hung out with Sober Corey. It wasn't like that night. <laughs> no, but drunk Corey's fun. It's fun. What if you collaborated with Corey, like Sober Corey? But I mean, how cool would that be? Do you have a list of people that you want to work with? Yeah. Sing with? The Corey would be one of them. He'd probably like massively outsing me, but <laughs> <laughs> the dude's got a neck the size of like Mike Tyson. His son's in a band too now. Who do you think's going to be the new drummer? I think it's going to be Sean's son. That's what everybody says. Yeah, I've heard that. You think so too? I think so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You should. Why not? But how old is his son? I don't know. Longer, yeah. He's 17, 18 maybe. There was such a dangerous band back in the day, man. I remember seeing, I'm going back now again, but I remember seeing, and Carl and I saw them back in like 99, Ausfest maybe. Yeah, I'm around there. And I remember yeah. seeing them all in like orange and yeah, the orange jeans. Yeah. And you're like unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. I wonder how bad that pissed off Mushroom Head. I wonder they're like... It pissed off yeah. the fans. Like, there was a show in this this venue called Nautica in Ohio, in Cleveland, where it's like, if you follow both bands and the stories, like, it, it ended up being written up in a lot of the, the magazines, the type magazines that don't exist anymore, right? But people were throwing batteries, fist fights, all type of stuff. Like, all the Mushroom Head fans just, like, went after Slipknot. Jeez. Yeah, chucking batteries at them and stuff. Yeah, so I guess there are certain places Slipknot just didn't go to. They weren't going to Cleveland. <laughs> Not very much. Yeah, yeah. If they did, they now? went to large venues. Now they're like, it's like a... It's normal? It's normal. Um, over time, like Slipknot and Mushroomhead became friends. Paul Gray started coming to a lot of Cleveland shows. Like Paul Gray, before he passed, he had come to a couple of Ricketts shows. He used to dig out of Peabody's, yeah. What was he like hanging out with? It was cool. He's laid back. Yep. It's real he wrote a lot guy. of Slipknot music, too. Yeah, he right? did. Yeah. I did. And you knew him, man. Dear Lord, you know everybody. Yeah. But hey, do you, you were talking about, um, do you edit all your videos and stuff? Um, I do. Uh, ben did about 99% of Infected and Controlled. Um, I think I'd maybe cut like three cuts out of that whole video. Dude. But um, Infected and Controlled, we just had this idea of going back and forth. There it is. Oh, look and at you that. got all the cool stuff, man. Yeah. That's actually, I took, I took that picture of a, we spent $9 on this video. It looks like we spent a half a million bucks. It's a great video. We spent, spent nine, nine bucks. bucks. Spent nine bucks on that mask. <laughs> Put that mask on set, on the, on, the med, on the med bed, on the set, and took a picture of it with my iPhone. Nine bucks. Nine bucks. What's well, definitely a good song. You, you wrote the music first, like you always said, right? Mm -hmm. So you had the... The synth going, which I love. You had all this going around, and then you just wrote lyrics over it. Yeah. What's the song about? I'm I'm not a smart man, so... I mean, at the end of the day, it was kind of... And people will go back and forth over this, but, I mean, at the end of the day, this, this country got smacked with COVID, and it got locked down. It got infected and controlled, and just it was kind of like me lashing out and taking that and the takeover of like how AI is integrating itself into our lives now and kind of took the two subjects and pushed them together while still having the concept of the new record, which is a complete side subject, but kind of just like mashed it together and sat there. And, and I, had, I had all the words for the song 
written down in a notebook because that's one thing I do pre-write is just words because just being just like a writer, you write words, you just write words and words and words and words. And I had, I just keep notebooks just everywhere in my studio at home, by my bedside, in my car, just like these little mead notebooks are like this big. And I'll just sit there and just write ideas and just yeah. write ideas and words. And I had all the words <clears throat> and I had how I wanted to do the verses. And then Ben was like, okay, let's, let's do some vocal passes. And I did the, 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 the verse vocal passes in like two or three takes. And like me and Ben looked at each other and was like, okay, well, that was cool. I was like, okay, cool, fine. I'm cool with that. And I didn't have a hook. And um, there's this little secret in Spider and his name is Tony Gamalo. Spider, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ben's studio. Mm -hmm. um, and Tony is like the massive secret to many, many records. A lot of the Kimir records, a lot of the Switched records. Um, a lot of the guitars on the AFTD record is actually Tony Gamala mm -hmm. and Logan Mater. <laughs> Whoa, Logan yeah. Mater. Yeah. Yeah, from um, um, Machine Head. Machine Head. Yeah. Uh, Medication, much events. Yeah. Medication. Prince, Prince Valium. Yeah. Wow, I was friends with Wit, too. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, Wit's uh, a fun guy to hang out with. I saw Wit open for um, Life of Agony when he was fronting them. Really? You remember that? Yeah. 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 He worked with Sonny from Snot. Yeah. Good Lord, man. And Roy. Roy, but they had his other band, um, like Bad Animals or something, or like something animals where it was like Wit and Roy. And I think Sonny was in it too. And then the other guitar player from Godsmack, I forget the name of the band, but they, they played around Hollywood for a little while. You need your own podcast, dude, because this is good stuff. I've been offered them. Boom, boom, man. Like, like people have come to me like all the time. They're like, man, do a podcast. I'm like, I, I don't think I could. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'd have it. would be great at it. So I, I don't think I'm any good. <laughs> no, you got a million stories. <laughs> so many people start podcasts and they're boring. You usually have a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So much content. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were going back to Tony, the, Tony Gamalo, yeah. which nobody ever talks about Tony, but I'm going to talk about him because he's an integral part of Ricketts. Um, I had the words for the hook written down in this in this notebook and I couldn't come up with the hook. I was like, I kept trying like all these different hooks. I'm like, I don't like this. This is good enough. This will pass. This will be okay. But I didn't have like the hook for the song. And Tony, he's like, give me that notebook. I'm like, all right, cool, do this. Help me out all the time. He's like, this is it right here. This is the hook. Infected and controlled. What does that mean? And I'm like, well, I was writing about COVID. It's pretty much what happened to the country, right? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, well, that's the hook. I'm like, okay. He's like, just go in there. Just keep saying I'm infected and I'm controlled. And I tried it a bunch of different ways. And what came out was what came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's so, that's good. It's, it's, I love that song. Yeah. I love the verses too. I love the chorus. It's kind of like a little bit Faith No More. That's where I told you that. Yeah. yeah. It's that first song on Faith No More. He's kind of talking. Yeah. I like that. That and a little bit of Cameron, American Hedgehog. Yeah, American Hedgehog. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about them. But I love that though. It's good. Great song. Thank you. Do you got more coming up soon? Um, there's another one that we're going to release soon called Feed, which is kind of like the third installment of Misery, Infected and Controlled, and Feed kind of like ties more of those stories together. Um, like right now, you can go in our merch store and buy the Feed hoodie and t-shirt. Dude, I bought it. Did it's you? on the way. Yeah, it's I was hoping to be here. I was going to wear it. I know. I, I bought one for myself, too. I have to buy my own merch. <laughs> I did a merch deal. I had to buy my own merch. So I bought a hoodie, and I was hoping to like have it by the time I came here and I could wear it, but... Is Tom's on this? Is that... 
on his no, side. No, it's a completely separate company. Your side. Okay, I only went thinking Tom. It's John, but John and Tom are buddies. So um, Tom, I guess if you were going to put a label on it, Tom's like an A&R guy for oh. all tile merchandise, and they kind of like work together hand in hand. How do people find this? Do they go on rickets.com or is it probably on social media? Our Facebook. Facebook, like, yeah. Yeah. Or you can go to volatilemerchandise.com. Yes. And then search for our store and you can find it through there. That's so cool. Volatile, the, that website rules. And they do the all the steak decks. Stuff. Like, there's so many I bought volatile steak I bought the, the Betty, Helmet Betty from them. Yeah. I bought a bunch of them. They're supposed oh, to be doing our factory. They got, yeah. yeah. And yours? They're you're yours? supposed to be, yeah, they're supposed to be doing our skate decks. I think I want to put that on a skate deck. Okay, I'm glad you said that. This is why I came <laughs> over here. Not that logo. Okay. This. Look at this. Misery. Oh my God. I think Tom Hazard, man. What's he got? I got this, man. Oh my God. You got the first hey, one. It's yours. I'm supposed to give this to you. Get out of here. Kurt. <laughs> nah. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Did you buy two? One for yourself? Uh, no, it's just you. Yeah. No way. Oh my God. How am I going to get this? I don't care how many. I can ship it to you. Or you can just take it on there. Thank you. This is the cool thing. Yeah, man. Too, man. I made this. You made that, that, that who's the image, the, yeah. Who's the person in the... It's just a girl. It's just a girl that I knew that put a goat head on her and took a picture. <laughs> and then I uh, photoshopped like a fake tattoo on her arm. God, man, how did you come up with that idea? That's wild. Just being a nerd on Photoshop and Final Cut. Yeah. And it was like so many different things that I that I wanted to do for the misery cover and everything I kept trying to do just didn't look right, didn't look right, didn't look right. And then I did this and then I sent it to Ben. I sent it to a few other people. I'm like, what do you think about this? Everybody was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And I was like, okay, well, that's it. That'll be it. It's probably my favorite album cover for sure. Or, you know, logo. Thank you. I'm mean, just good. You got to send this to Tom, but what's up, man? Yeah, <laughs> send a picture of him and be like, look what happened, man. That's cool. Thank you, Scott. Uh, no problem. Scott Rose, you have a cool name too, man. Like you're like up there. I was doing all, I mean, you've heard these a million times. I was thinking like Axel Rose, Morgan Rose. It's my mother's maiden name. Yeah. That's good. So like, it's, it's actually real. It's yeah. Not, it's not made up like a bunch of people. That are in it's definitely a rock star name and it's your mother's. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Are you going to be playing any shows this year, 2024? If people want it, you know, if uh, if the powers that be want us out touring again, they'll they'll have us do it. But yeah, we have no immediate plans right now. Just kind of just keep writing and do as many videos as we can. We're gonna do another video for Feed too, which will be like another installment of Infected and Controlled, kind of like make them all run together. Are you ever gonna do videos, or have you done videos of you making songs like? Behind the scenes. No, I never do because I feel stupid. <laughs> like social media is just, it's like, I'm a very private person. And, you know, with social media, everybody going, oh, look at me, look me, at me, me, all, me, 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 all the time. It's very narcissistic, right? It is. So I just, when I'm in the studio, like once in a while, I'll like take a picture or I'll take a picture of me and Ben's feet. I'll take a picture of like, yeah, our feet are always next to each other. And I'll take pictures of both of our feet together. And then like, I'll post that or I'll post like a picture of like the screen of us working in Pro Tools or something like that. But I've, I never let anybody take pictures or anything like that. And it's kind of like a rule within like the band that like, you know, once you're in that studio and it's work time, Mm -hmm. like the phones are left out of it most of the time. Would you let uh, anyone be like, do like a fan page of yours or something like that where you wouldn't have to worry about it? 
Somebody did do a fan page, like before we had our Facebook, which is that we have now. Somebody was running a, 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 a fake Ricketts fan page for like ever. Did it help? Did you like it? No. no it didn't I didn't help? like it at all because every time I go through, it would be people talking shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Money. Are they still around? You just shut them down. No, we, they would, uh, Nick, our manager, like went to him and was like, look, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now that there's a real Ricketts uh, Facebook, you guys kind of like cut back whatever you're doing. And I guess we figured out who they were and they were trying to remain anonymous. And, and me and my manager figured out who was running it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that they found out that we knew who was running it. So they stopped posting. So it's kind of like just one of those weird, definitely a fan. You know, definitely like one of those, out, you know, a fan. He meant well. Yeah. She meant well. She meant well. Sorry. Yeah. As far as I know, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a duo actually of a male and a female. So when 2020, uh, 2020 happened, everybody's doing streaming music, like concerts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do that? Cause I always thought that was cool. That no. I could watch bands play from my house. I had a, I had a quick thought about it and then it just went out the window. Like, because then everybody started doing it. And then that was kind of like what I felt. That's kind of like, I'm very anti-establishment. I mean, I'm, I'm punk as F when it comes down to it. Mm. You know, I don't play by the rules. I never have, especially with Ricketts. And when everybody was doing that, I was like, uh, maybe we should do it. Well, everybody else is doing it and everybody's starting to charge for it. So no, I don't want to do it. Mm. But, um, yeah, I was, I, I just thought it was convenient because I could just sit here and not have to like go anywhere. <laughs> it was kind of lazy. Yeah. It was kind of like, uh, that's, that's kind of, at the end of the day, that's what the system wants you to do. They want you in your house, working from home and, and being a consumer and, and not out in the sunshine living your life. And, yeah, and, and, and humans need yeah. to be outside, need sunshine, need to be living their lives. Yeah, I agree. With uh, with your music, are you going to release vinyls? Because everybody's doing that. We're supposed Cassette, to. Cassette tapes rule, man. We're supposed to. I've actually designed the vinyl. I did the, me and our manager, Nick, came up with this thing called Anything for the Death Cult, which is like a combination of Anything for the Devil and All-American Death Cult, taking songs from both those records and okay, putting them into one vinyl. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I made all the artwork for it. We just haven't. Made it yet. And it takes forever too once it gets it, order. That's what that's what my manager, he's like, Man, he's like, You have all the artwork done. He's like, But you know, we don't have the capacity to do it right now. It's gonna cost a bunch of money, it's gonna take you forever, so we need to really plan it. So coming up, man, twenty twenty four you got feed. I can't wait to hear that. When's that coming out again? I don't know. You, know, you don't know, you've said that. <laughs> we gotta shoot the video for it still. I wanna see it. I'm looking forward to it. I sent you the I sent you the infected one. You're the first person oh, I sent yes. the infected video to. That was good. Yeah. Thank outside you. outside of the band, I was like, I'm sending this to Scott. Thank you. Keep doing that, man. I will. Um, can you hold the skate deck up one yeah. more time to show Tom Azar? Like, look, Tom. Yeah. John. Yeah. Look at look how I'm cool. Yeah, I love Tom Azar. He's cool. Look how cool that looks. Yeah, man. It's going on your wall, man. Dude, I'm so excited. I'm happy. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem, brother. I'm too glad you like. I was, I was like admiring it too. Thank, Thank you for being on the show, brother. This yeah. means a lot. Thank you to me. You have me back again. Yes. Anytime. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Scott Rhodes. Thank you, Scott Moore. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> <laughs>